Now Farrakh tries to give him some breathing room, and he's going to take a shot deep downfield, and open is Bernard Berrien, and the former Bear will go 99 yards for a touchdown. Manning on third and ten, he fires, and the catch is made by Cruz, who breaks free. One man to beat, Victor Cruz, down the sideline, 99 yards from Manning to Cruz. Wes Welker pulling away, and he ties an NFL record with a 99-yard touchdown. Andre Davis, and Davis will score 99 yards. Wow. Hello, and welcome to 99 Yards, American football for UK fans. My name is Liz Fox, and I am joined once again by Kadeen Simmons and Jonathan Payton. How are you both? I'm not too bad, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. How about you, Johnny? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Although I was expecting to hear the intro that I crafted. Well, you will so hear that. Are going to stick it in afterwards? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's there, it's there. It's right before we're talking. <laughs> it happened, did it? It was great. Yeah, <laughs> it was popped. wonderful. Yeah, it was, yeah. Al Michaels, well, Gus Johnson. Great. Well done, well done. <laughs> Um, so I wanted to start the show with the news of Kevin Cable's passing. Um, it was announced on Monday morning that he had passed away. Um, obviously a huge shock to both the NFL and basketball communities. Um, I saw it pop up on Twitter and to be honest, I, I just couldn't believe it. I sat at my desk and I, I was just in shock, had a little cry. Cause honestly, it was just, it was the saddest thing. Um, you know, it's hard to lose anyone, but Kevin's always been really supportive of me the NFL Girl UK blog, and when I first met him, it was probably around this time three years ago, he was just such a lovely person. So it's a huge loss, and he'll be truly missed. The tributes that have gone out about him are just lovely, and it's been amazing to hear so many lovely stories. Yeah, I think the overriding uh, sense you get from people that have met him, like you and uh, a lot of the guys in the media that have worked with him and fans that have met him at uh, fan events and stuff, is just like, what a big character, but nice bloke he was yeah no ego at all just sort of had this big big heart and big love for sport um i think it was about around the sort of year 2000 maybe that he started uh, doing the presenting for nfl and sky sports um and for about 10 years it was him and nick calling really were sort of the face of the sport in this country um he was never the most polished presenter but i don't think it really mattered it was sort of more of a it was more of a Sunday night, almost cult program on Sky Sports at the time. You know, it was pre the Wembley Games, um, and his, his sort of him and Nick Hauling really were the the guys that brought the sport into your living room. It was really quite sad, and he it, it, it didn't look sixty two at all. No, Even just hearing no. his age was a surprise. But yeah. um, you know, listening to Mike Carlson on that show yesterday, it was, even even like his passing at the weekends are really sad. Um, story behind it the way he apparently went to hospital over the weekend went to A&E they sent him home I think they didn't they didn't uh, diagnose quite what he had and stuff and um, then Sunday evening he was waiting over an hour for an ambulance by the time he got into hospital it was too late I think they say it was sepsis or it was kidney infection or something so you know really sad the way it happened Um, but yeah I mean just goes to show the mark of the man how many tributes have come out from all Past the media and even um, Bruce Arians today mentioned it, didn't he, in his press conference? Yeah. yeah. Very sad. Very sad. Yeah. I, um, I only met him once and it was quite strange. I met him a few weeks ago. I was at Hippodrome with a friend and I saw him in the distance and I was like, that looks like Kevin Cadle, but I'm not too sure. And then he kind of walked over and at this point I've been staring at him for way too long <laughs> so he kind of like gave me a funny look and was like hello and I was like oh hi and that was it really and my friend said you're going to get a picture and I was like oh no I said you know he's always at events and stuff like that I'm sure I'll see him again and you know grab a picture next time and yeah and I was like oh crap like, and obviously you know his family and stuff like that are a lot more devastated than I am but it's one of them things where you never know what's around the corner and me just saying I'll get a picture of him next time I see him at an event. There was no next time, and yeah. it's horrible. I think what's what's like what Kev was was he was a real sort of like authentic, fun face of the NFL, and it was 
I don't quite know what happened at Sky over the last two years and how he was sort of phased out. I don't know if that was yeah. his personal um, sort of desire just to sort of stop the presenting so much, or whether they wanted someone who was a bit more slicker or, or quite what it was. But he, you know, with a lot of stuff that comes from Sky, NFL UK, it's a, there's a veneer of PR and marketing. He wasn't like that at all, was he? He was sort of like just an authentic guy who just loved it. Um, and sort of that's what I remember him for more than anything, really. Yeah, if anything, he was just probably the most passionate person when it came to talking about the game, and I think that's what I kind of liked about him. I mean, I was yeah. obviously, when I obviously I was new to when I watched this game, so he was the first thing I saw talking about it, and he was just, yeah, the way he came across, it was just, it was fun, like you say. No, definitely. Um, yeah, it's kind of everyone said it already, but he's going to be a, a huge loss to NFL UK and, you know, the sport in general. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Um, and as well, so I understand that on Sunday, um, obviously with the NFL returning to London um, for the third game, that there's going to be a tribute at the game for him. So I think that'll be really, really nice way to honour him as well. Yeah, definitely. I think someone put on Twitter, maybe going forward from next year, the at the international game, the player of the match could be like the Kevin Cadell MVP or something like that. <laughs> oh, just yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Just something to kind of, you know, show the international fans and UK fans how big a part of the, the UK game he was. And I think that'd be a really, really nice touch. Yeah. I, I, haven't, seen, I haven't seen so many retweets and likes stuff about like the NFL and American football in this country yeah. ever. Like, so, you know, they, the NFL UK go around, like, chase around Harry Kane to try and get him doing field goals, all this sort of stuff. But actually, the outpouring of people's thoughts and sadness to Kevin passing it sort of seems to be so much bigger than any of any anything that you know NFL UK try and put out there to market the game. It's like really did sort of shows the breadth um, of the country that he you know, appealed to and and people remember him. So, yeah, sorry. yeah, definitely. I think it affected a lot of us in ways he probably thought it wouldn't. Um, and just yeah, like you say, the amount of people who've, who've gone on Twitter and you know shared their wishes and that kind of thing. I think it just goes to show how much of an impact he actually had. Yeah. Um, so, for the rest of this podcast, um, we're going to be discussing more about the London game, um, injury woes across the league, and of course, some quick predictions um, well, ahead of the games on Sunday. Um, as you all know, this weekend the NFL returns to London, and it's the Cardinals who are 3-3, three and three. they're facing their divisional rivals, the Los Angeles Rams, who are currently looking strong at 4-2. and two. Um, the Cardinals have been joined by Adrian Peterson, who, funny enough, is in London for the second time this season. And what is crazy is that his first game for Cardinals is, no doubt, the best of his season so far. He carried the ball 26 times for 134 yards and two touchdowns to help Arizona to a 38-33 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you think that it'll have a similar impact in this weekend's game? And what are your overall thoughts and predictions? I'm not too sure. It's a weird one. I think no one expected him to do that well. At the same time, it is AP and he's kind of proved time and time again why I'm off at you on peril, I guess. So I think, he could, yeah, I, I'm going to say he would have a similar impact, maybe even two touchdowns this week again. So, yeah, I'm I'm expecting a big game from AP. Um, I think the Rams might shut him down. Um I think you know the Rams' defense is a work in progress this season. The Wade Phillips—they've actually got one of the worst run defenses, um, stats-wise, yards-wise, so far this season. But actually, in the last two games, if you take away uh, Fournette's seventy-five-yard run, whatever it was um, last weekend, they pretty much stifled uh, Seahawks and Jaguars' running games. So I think you know, with that with that defense in front of Hayes. Brock Quinn, Aaron Donald, um, what's his name? The old Eagles guy as well. I can't find his name. His name escapes me at the moment. Um, that's, that's, quite, that's quite a hard unit to shift. Uh, Connor Barwin. Um, so I've, got, I've got a feeling that, I've got a feeling that they're going to be able to stifle the Arizona run game. I think it's going to be a bit of a Carson Palmer show if the Cardinals are going to get anything out of this game. Um, but I think it's going to be the best of the four London games this year. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. But um, 
Having said that, I'm like I say, I'm really looking forward to it. I'll be watching the Dolphins Jets probably, but um, <laughs> it'll be a good game to catch up on. <laughs> I wish I was watching Dolphin Jets as a Dolphins fan, but I will be at the game. Um, oh, yeah. Ah. yeah. I, mean, I just realised that, obviously, Kadeem, you're a Dolphins fan and Jono, you're a Jets fan. So you're facing yeah. each other this week. <laughs> Without going too far off topic, I didn't expect <laughs> to lose the first Jets game. And if you lose the second one, I might not be on a podcast next week and you will know exactly why. So <laughs> uh, no well, offence to anything. <laughs> yeah, the Dolphin, you know, the Dolphins came into that Jets game with a lot of baggage. You know, having the hurricane and then having to go out in California and play in the second week. Um, and they're back on track a little bit last week. And they were quite lucky they had a, a bad Titans team uh, after the Saints game to get to get back on track. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just really hard. We'll talk about it a bit later, but, you know, it's so hard to call these games at the moment. Everyone is so mediocre. You know, teams have teams. Teams look good for a quarter, and then the next quarter they can't move the ball. And they're letting in. They're letting yards and points um, all over all over the place. So I, I can't call the game. The Jets, Dolphins. Um, it's in Miami. The Jets aren't great against the run. The guy looks like he might go over his knee problems. Mm. Um, I'd probably give the. I'd probably give it. A slight dolphin's edge, but um, don't jinx us. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do. But um, yeah, yeah. But Brian Baldy was came out came out today, I think, in the, one of the New York newspapers, just saying how Mo Wilkerson is just completely faxing it in at the moment. He's just not even trying. Oh, he's wow. got his got his he's got his big contract. Yeah, yeah. And they're saying that's why and that's why Leo Williams has that little to no reduction. Like Mo Wilkerson hasn't even knocked down the quarterback this year never mind getting a sack I know he's supposed to have a shoulder injury um, but yeah there's a lot of I think it's like Mike, 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 Mike McCagney's worst uh, mistakes since he's been at the Jets giving Wilson such a massive deal um, but yeah anyway back to the back to Twickenham <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that you get a joke <laughs> for the Jets fans on here man you take off the podcast apologies yeah yeah yeah, I think I think the Rams might do it. I think I know they're coming over later, aren't they? Cardinals are already here. The Rams are coming over on Friday, so that's leaving it quite late. I'm not quite sure how that's going to work with them coming all the way from California and yeah. settling in that time. That's it's quite strange, but um, I think yeah, yeah. I think I think like, you know, Goff 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 just played against probably the best secondary in the, in the league in the Jaguars, um, and he was fairly restricted there, but. Against the Cardinals defense, you know, Gurley. I think, I think, I think the Rams could do enough. I don't think, I don't think the Cardinals are quite consistent enough themselves to pull out, pull out another win. I think I'm going to go Rams. Edge it. I'm going to go Cardinals just to be different. Yeah, I'm, I'm that's a great reason. That's a great reason. <laughs> and with you, I'm going to go Cardinals <laughs> on that one. I actually think it's going to be a bit of an upset as well. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, so this season so far seems pretty brutal for injuries, with some of them actually having ended the season for a number of players, such as Odell Beckham, who's out of a fractured foot, JJ Watt, who's out with a tibial plateau fracture, forgive my pronunciation. Um, now this is actually JJ Watt's second season ending injury, and he's still so young in his career, so that's pretty scary to think. And it's also thought that even Aaron Rodgers could be done for the season after breaking his collarbone for the second time. It seems to me that the NFL's injury problem is worse than it's ever been. Do you think there's anything that can can be done to reduce this kind of thing happening? Um, not really, unless you want to play <laughs> flag football. Um, as, you know, the trainers were barely out to Aaron Rodgers on Sunday when you just knew there was going to be a bunch of Monday uh, pieces written about whether we should protect the quarterbacks even more, make them like kickers and punters. Um, but it's not just quarterbacks; it's JJ Watt. You know, it's Sadio Beckham. I think I think one of the things yeah. they could do, which would help, is just a ban field turf. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> that some of these some of these injuries have happened on proper grass, but yeah. you know, JJ Watt has happened on field turf. Aaron Rodgers fell to the ground on field turf. Um, it's just it's, it's sort of part and parcel of the NFL, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, players are getting bigger and stronger and faster. That's another problem through whatever means, whether it's diet or 
other means. <laughs> Who knows? But um, I don't think you can. I don't think you can try and talk about making the game safer. But it's hard, harder to make the game safer injury-wise without just changing the whole concept of the game. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I think in some ways, you know, you know, players got to look after themselves a bit more as well, especially quarterbacks. You know, one of my biggest bugbears is people that just want protection after protection after protection for quarterbacks. Just starts ruining the game. Mm. You know, you know the, the the slide rule was brought in so that so that quarterbacks just give themselves up in, during a play, you know, and, and not be hit. But then, but, but it ends up being abused, like Cam Newton last week against the Eagles, for example, where he's running for a first down, or he's, he's running to get as many yards as possible, and he doesn't dive to give himself up. He do, well, he does dive to give himself up, but he dives. You know, at the last possible minute to gain to gain the extra half yard, diving straight at the like de- de- defenders' feet. Then when mm. he gets slightly touched, he's sort of like making a big deal about it. You know, but you you know, you dive like give yourself up sooner. Don't don't. The rules never brought in for you to get the last extra yard. The rules yeah. brought in so you could take care of yourself. And yeah. it's a bit like Rogers as well. You know, obviously, you know, he's such a great competitor. He's going to try and give himself the last possible second to make a completion. But the danger is you're going to get whacked if you yeah. don't let go of the ball in enough time. Um, so it's just it's one of those things. Um, is it is it more than ever, or is it just we've got social media and NFLs in our face constantly? Maybe. Is it because the, is it because the backup players actually aren't at the level they used to be because it's not enough practice time? College football's not readying players for the NFL as well as they were before. And that makes it feel worse. You're getting another big, massive mediocrity. I don't know, but I don't think there's anything you can do, really. It's just, it's what it is. It's, it's contact sport. You know, they're, they're, they're even saying the same in rugby. There seems to be a load of injuries as well. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's partly to do with the training as well. It's just, yeah, it is what it is. Or maybe it's like you say, maybe it's just because everything's so accessible to us nowadays that we're just highlighting it more than we ever would have in the past. You know, look at yeah, and look at um, look at the Boston Celtics play yesterday. Hayward. Oh, yeah, you just, took just my a, point. Just, oh, oh, sorry, can you, can you shut up. You I was, take, I was, I was waiting to say no, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, it's my point. Literally, going to be it's sport. You know, five minutes into a new NBA season, player jumps up for a rebound, lands and breaks his ankle. That's him probably done for the season. You know, and that's a sport where they've taken every last ounce of physicality out of it. You know, that is yeah. the ultimate. We want to protect the superstars. You're, we want as much point scoring as possible. You are not allowed to touch anyone to try and stop them scoring. Sorry. No, no, it's, <laughs> no, it's true. Like it's as long as there's a sport and someone is moving, someone's going to get hurt. You know, you could run, twist your ankle, and that's you know high ankle sprain and stuff like that. So there's no way you can make the NFL safer unless it's played on PS4 and Xbox in Madden. That's the only way you make it safe and <laughs> no one gets hurt. Um, it is. It does seem quite like the quote-unquote big stars are getting hurt, but it's normally most seasons, you know. Look at how long Luke Keekley was out for last season. Um, Cam Newton gets injured, you know. Andrew Luck been injured for God knows how long. The Tom Brady missed, missed the season as well. You're, you can't help these big stars getting injured. I think... The league kind of, I say this quite harshly, the league crying about big stars getting injured. It's like, well, you don't get the same kind of media frenzy or people don't care so much when it's a backup getting injured or, you know, it's a seventh round pick getting injured. You know, when Raekwon McMillan went down for the Dolphins in preseason, no one really batted an eyelid. And yet that's a rookie who filled in on special teams someone accidentally touches him and he's, you know, he, his leg basically blows up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no one really cared when that happened and yet, like, like Jono said, when Aaron Rodgers tries to gain that extra split second to try and get the pass away, gets tackled, fairly, goes down hurt, you know, all of a sudden it's, oh, let's protect our quarterbacks where, I don't know, you know, it's a, it's a weird one. You can't, you can't stop injuries. Maybe it's just a really bad luck with this season with your, your JJ Watt, Clowney, Rogers, Odell Beckham get going down. But people go down every single season, and no one seems to care. Another thing I get slightly wound up with, with sort of related to this, is how people watch replay 
and they just and they just they're just judging intent by watching this slow motion replay. You know, and it's such a fast sport. It's almost, it, yeah. Alex Smith had it, had it is is right in having a moan about the Steelers' uh, defensive back rolling in on his behind his, on his legs. This, that that was late. But yeah, like, but you know, but bars hit on. Rogers it was just was it's totally in the spirit of the game. It wasn't dirty at all. It shouldn't have been flagged. And it wasn't. Um, that winds me up as well. People are just so obsessed with trying to protect players all the time. But. Yeah, again, like, and again, as a Dolphins fan, when Tannehill went down last season, took a, you know for a really bad knee injury. The next day, no one was talking about protecting quarterbacks. Okay, Claire Campbell <laughs> went low and you know took him out for the rest of the year, but. No one cares, and if anything, people like they've done the Dolphins a favour because now they can bring in someone better, and no yeah. one, no one said anything. Yeah, when, but as soon, yeah. as soon as Brady gets hit from behind a bit near his knee and stuff, they bring in a new rule. Yeah, and, and it was off the back of Carson Palmer as well, having to hit him in the playoffs. But was it? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit. So no, when we when the Dolphins played the Jets last season, thing on last year, and I think it's Sue and Wake, like. Rush the edges and your and the offensive line doesn't move. And is it Bryce Petty they squash? No. Yeah. 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 Like that was such a brutal hit. Again, there was no call to protect the quarterback or anything like that. And everyone saw that was like, ooh, like it's one of them, it's one of those tackles where you kind of have to wince and just pray the person's okay. He got up, you know, a bit gingerly, but I don't remember anyone saying should we protect quarterbacks and stuff like that. So. It's a massive shame that Rodgers have gone down, but let's be honest, there's not much more you can do about it. Yeah, I actually see some of the hits that like, like Russell Wilson takes and Tom Brady's taken this year, and actually, I'm amazed they don't get injured more. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you've got a good point he, there. Eli Manning gets hit over and over again, week in, week out. He'd never call in for more protection because it's part of the game. If you're standing there with a the ball in your hand, and the defender's job is to try and tackle you. Occasionally, you might get hurt unless it's unless it's a really really dirty hit. If you get injured on a play, it's normally accidental. Yeah, and then even without injuries, there are teams that are not performing how they should be. So we're six weeks into the season now. No one's unbeaten. Only teams have one loss, and everyone else has lost at least thirty three percent of the game so far. What's that about? Um, it's about mediocrity. <laughs> um, it's probably about teams not having enough time to, to train to practice. Um, I'm struggling watching some of the games. Like I, I try and watch about five or six full games every week. I was sitting there watching them. The, the Colts and Tex, sorry, the Colts and Titans Monday night football game, and oh, it's just deathly boring. You know, what I find is a lot of teams just don't even have any character. There's no personality to these teams. I'm just sort of watching them with running similar offences, you know, with a short shotgun, short passing game, running game out of the shotgun. It's just it doesn't look particularly very nice. You know, a lot a lot of the teams you think, oh, you've got we've got quite a good defence, you've got quite a good defence, then it sort of gets to the fourth quarter and it's like kryptonite and they just seem to let in every every drive ends in a touchdown. It's just it, it's it's a strange one. And this is sort of it's been it's been building over the last few years, and people are saying, "Oh, this this is unusual. This is this is like more mediocre than most seasons." But I feel like everyone's had this conversation for the last five or six years. And mm. um, but I remember in when when Super Bowl forty when it was Super Bowl forty and the NFL started to do that, you know, America's Game series, um, and they and they they launched a series in America. I think it might have been probably was an NFL Network, but they 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 launched it by counting down. From twenty to one, the best Super Bowl teams. You know, a poll or some writers were thinking who were the best twenty Super Bowl teams of the Super, of the Super Bowl era, and they counted down. I'm sure that, I can't remember exactly who it was, but I think the '85 Bears were up there. The 1989 49ers were there. The unbeaten Dolphins were there, of course. Kadeem, thank you very um, much. <laughs> but but I've, I've thought about this the last few years. Like I just can't think of any team in the last fifteen years that would come close to being in the top 20 uh, Super Bowl-era teams of all time. And, and a lot of it is to do with the salary cap and how people spend the salary cap. Um, you know, maybe maybe the 2013 Seahawks, was it that year? Maybe the Broncos in the Super Bowl? Was it 2013 Seahawks? Oh, right, Just because, yeah. because, because their defence was so good, 
and their running game was pretty good and Wilson was sort of like could supplement it enough you think maybe, maybe the Seahawks but any other team maybe the 2007 Patriots but they can't don't count because they didn't actually win it um, I can't really think of any other team in that time that would come close to being in the top 20 of the last 50 years 50 years Super Bowl winners um, quality team and, and you know sport part of sport is about greatness and the NFL lords it's it's mediocrity and how the parity you know any any given Sunday and you know Goodell's always up there like he was at the Rams Giants on stage at Twickenham last year like shouting you know, shouting from the rooftops again about how last season you know, it was it was the closest like like eighty percent of games were were within a within a were a one point sorry were a one score decided game which is great but you know this, that just means you're just celebrating mediocrity. And, and without what is sport without greatness? You know what is what is what is cricket without like, the Australian team of the nineties, early two thousands, or rugby league without the Wigan team of the nineties, Liz? Um, or <laughs> you know, <laughs> both of you, the Man U teams of the like, late nineties, early two thousands. I was I was going to say if you don't mention Nathan <laughs> Ferguson, we're going to have a massive fight. Right <laughs> yeah, now. yeah. But, you know, yeah that part of sport is. Like watching and celebrating greatness, the Golden State Warriors. You know, just watching, watching them going. Well, this is sort of like a once in a lifetime like thing. Seeing this amazing team, and, and the NFL is so built against that being able to happen now with the, with the salary cap and just and, and the way like a lot of the strategy of the offense and defense seems to be in the rules. Um, I don't know. I just I I, I just I just want to see some brilliance beyond oh this was a good catch this was a good thing I want to see a domination and it's just I just just don't really see it at all at the moment and I can't help and, and you know just watching this week after week and no one can predict games I'm just sitting there thinking this is like a perfect season for the Patriots and the Seahawks who are just going to get it together a bit at the end of the end of the season and then they'll end up in the Super Bowl hopefully um, <laughs> you know because they've probably got the two best coaches they've got oh, enough well, talent well, in well. there and the two best <laughs> <laughs> I don't get <laughs> but you know, I don't know. I, just, I feel a bit underwhelmed by the whole thing at the moment. I want to see brilliance week to week, not the team has a good quarter here and there, yeah. you know, and a bad quarter here and there. Anyway, rant over. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I think if you look at the San Francisco 49ers and their defeat so far, yeah. they've been like by two or three points, and I think that's what you're kind of getting at. It's people. Okay, you know, you could say they've been in really, really close games, but at the same time, this is a really, really bad team. And how are they? How have they been able to stay in games for so long? Yeah. Um, it's quite, it's quite bad. I say quite bad. It's 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 very bad. You know, they've lost by. I'm looking at it now. Three points, two points, three points, three points, two points. And this is meant to be a really, really bad 49ers team. Yeah. Um, like John, no offense, you're you're a Jets. Everyone was looking at them going, this could be yeah. a 16 season. Yeah, and yeah. You know, what's in that? Was it three look or two at the squads? Yeah, 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 three and three. But yeah, now, but yeah, look at yeah, look at the roster. That's yeah. I think the Absolutely. only team kind of living up to the billing of being a bad team are the Browns. And everyone said the Browns would be a better team this season because they had some, you know, a new offensive line, Mars Gather, um. And yeah, they are just completely stinking up the whole league, and you can't explain why it becomes so bang average. And I think, yeah, like you said, you know, the NFL website or Twitter handle when the NFL UK Twitter handle, they're so what they care about is these highlight moments. You know, oh my day, did you see that catch? Did you see that one? Did you see that spin move? See that hurdle? And it's like they're having to do that because they can't turn around and say, did you see that game? Because there's barely any game which makes you go, oh my God, what's an absolute brilliant spectacle you just watched. Even- I think that's why so many people are, t- are watching Red Zone, you know, every week. More people watch Red Zone on Sky than watch the games. Yeah. I don't just think it's people don't want to watch Nick, uh, Neil Reynolds. <laughs> I think they generally, you know, you know, it's almost become a bit of a, like a highlight sport. Um, and, and I think it was, it, was about, it was about five years ago when I sort of started thinking, is... It's, it's, it's something sort of up with the NFL when I watched in, in, in about a two minute end of the fourth quarter um, drive by Dan Orlovsky. I think, and I think it was for the Lions. 
and he led he led he led the team down the field for a game winning touchdown. Um, and I thought, wow! Like this from from 1986-1987 when John Elway led the Broncos on this famous drive, which took over five minutes. Suddenly now, you know, it's sort of a quarterback can lead a team down the field under two minutes, who's who's seen as a bit of a poor to joke quarterback as part of, uh, for his career. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just it's just bizarre. It's just it's just. I don't. Yeah. Really, I don't. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just really sort of quite hard to sort of see beyond a sea of mediocrity, um, beyond championing you know individual players and stuff. It's just it's, it's very it's so week to week the season. Yeah, I think you know if when the Cowboys played the Packers and the Cowboys gave Aaron Rodgers one minute thirty one seconds to drive down the field, that's Aaron Rodgers totally fine. But the way the league is set up, I mean, jockey of it. You, you could imagine Johnny Manziel, and I do mean Johnny Manziel in 2017, who hasn't played since God knows when, being able to take a team, drive down the field in 1 minute 31 seconds, and score a touchdown. Now, whether you but, believe, then, but then for the rest of the next 50 minutes, for the, for the first 50 minutes of the game, you'd be throwing like three yard screens. And, and actually, getting nothing, getting nowhere. It's like it seems to be happening so much that you watch these games that are like going to the fourth quarter and they're like 12 9. And then it just sort of break out into some like nonsense offense, no defense. Well, you look fest. at the Dolphins on Sunday. That first half, Jay Cutler. Oh my God, you are killing me! And for yeah. the past two weeks, you got Dolphins fans screaming, "We want more." One Dolphins fans never screamed that. You do not more want Jay Cutler. They want more Jay Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, I wish they were saying that. Um, and yeah, half time comes, Jay Cutler comes out. And the Dolphins are moving the ball like it's Tom Brady and the Patriots. Now, you could argue that the run game really got going and there's a bit of luck in terms of, you know, penalties and stuff like that. But it's the game is now so drive to drive, quarter to quarter, you know. You could be amazing in the first quarter and ridiculous in the second quarter, come back out in the third and look amazing again. Um, People like... Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick and you know veteran quarterbacks. Oh. Yeah, and, and exactly, yeah. Say, you know he he comes in on Sunday and looks good, and you're you're there going just, how? Like, just grinds. My, well, I think grinds my gears <laughs> to use a really <laughs> stupid phrase. <laughs> um, it's just how the defenses like that, that Saints, Saints and Lions game, and 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 then again in the Arizona Tampa Bay game. Shut teams out. Stop scoring. Like there's so many like n- near comebacks where, where teams are like teams are up thirty five seven and it ends up being like thirty five thirty one. Yeah, it's, like, it's just bizarre. What? Why are teams like? I don't understand how teams can't keep up with dominance even even for games or often too much to ask. You know, it's it's, it's just it's bizarre. It's really bizarre. I mean, having said all this, and th- and this is why you know Belichick is just such a master because. He's, he's 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 coaching at a time almost where game management and coaching is so important. Just because there's just a, such a, a mediocrity in, in, throughout the league that when it comes to playoff time, you, you rise above. Yeah. You know, so, so, someone someone else. You know, t- teams can't can't really through parity and salary cap or for whatever reason they they can't create a great offense and a great defense. You know, often you know, look at the Seahawks. You know, they've kept all their def- their defensive players together but therefore they're like scrapping around on, on the offensive line and they've got a revolving door of bad running backs at the moment um, would you say yeah, part of the problem is it's not the NFL is basically copying the college game and I, and I say that in the sense that you're getting more and more young quarterbacks and I think previously where teams were giving them time to adjust the NFL and, you know, giving them red shirts here and slowly developing them into an NFL playbook. Now, they're basically being drafted from week one, saying, OK, we're not going to give you an NFL playbook. We'll give you a kind of gimmicky college playbook. And then before you know it, they're three years in, in, in the NFL, still using that gimmicky college playbook. It's why people like Bill Lazor is still, still around. You know, Bill Lazor goes to the Bengals Andy Dalton looks better, but at the same time, it's because it's all three, four-yard screens and slants and one read. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you're basically not making Andy Dalton look good. You're making him look dumb. And, yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah, your, your thoughts, I guess, on that. I don't, what, 
I think you know a lot. Of, some of it stems from make you know you've made it easier to pass the ball, but what it's actually done is it's made coaches take all the risk. You know, that interception. Everyone talks about how the QB quarterback play has been terrible this year. Interception rate is still the lowest it's historically ever been. Um, you know, we're still seeing more passes thrown than we ever have. The problem is, it's just that offensive coaches have, have just now, um, you know, sort of withdrawn themselves into this risk-free uh, type of tactic, tactic and strategy. So, so you're only ever getting a quarterback to do one read, you know, check down, bubble screen. You know, so this this stuff, this stuff, and and, and every, everyone seems to be doing it. Um, and there, and therefore, and, and I was and I was thinking this from when Matt Ryan was drafted. I can't think of an, and I know Luck's been out injured and stuff, but I can't think of another another quarterback who has any sort of like proper like old school franchise consistency with his play since he was drafted. You know, Flacco onwards. He's, no, no, Wilson. Wilson's sort of like a winner, and he does nothing games, but he's not your classic sort of quarterback, really. But beyond that, you know, even Cam Newton, he's like he's good for three games. He's rubbish for three games. He's average for three games. He's quite good for three games. Um, you know, we're sitting around going, "This is the year for for Winston and Mariota. This will be their year." Doesn't ever really come. Um, you know, I just it's like, it's, the NFL's kind of a problem because you know Rogers and Brady and Breeze and. Uh, Roethlisberger, they're getting older and older, and we're going to end up with just thirty-two teams with these 30, thirty-two quarterbacks. Yeah, um, very quickly. Really conservative sort of like game. They're not throwing interceptions, but they're not really sort of making you get excited or, or know that you can watch them every week, and they're going to be like, like you know, sort of dominating or, or throwing like playing in an exciting sort of way. It's just, it will still be this sort of conservative college light approach. Um, yeah. Um, bit of breaking news from like twenty minutes ago. Um, so not breaking. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was break- okay, okay. Apologies. Sorry. Um, Andrew Luck has soreness in his shoulder and won't be practicing this week. It's a setback for the quarterback. So, yay, yay, Colts. <laughs> um, still be bang average, I guess. But oh well. Yeah, and and, and um, Brissett's nice, but he's just again just another one of those sort of. Oh, you're quite, you're quite a nice player, you're quite good, you're, not, you're all right, you're quite good some drives, you're not very good some other drives, you're quite conservative generally, you run a bit, but yeah, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just really struggled with that Monday night game, really quite yeah. hard to watch. It's only been a difficult team to kind of watch all season, really. The Colts? Yeah. There's just a bit of a sadness about them, really, a sadness yeah. with Pagano, there's a sadness with like, luck, just like... When he was drafted, he was like, "This is a, a company they've just drafted another Manning. He's going to be amazing stuff." And then through injury and bad offensive lines and bad drafting and bad defense, he's just sort of his career sort of stalled at the moment. Yeah, it's mm. a shame, a real shame, because he's obviously a very good player. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's do a quick run through of the games that can be on Sky this Sunday and how we think it'll go for the teams. Um, obviously we discussed Cardinals and Rams already. Um. That obviously kicks off at 6pm, which always confuses me anyway, because I'm too used to the games being in the afternoon. Um, the next game after that's going to be Seattle Seahawks at MetLife in New Jersey to face the New York Giants, which kicks off at 9pm. Um, and then finally, the light, late night game on Sunday, um, or super early as we would say, uh, is meant to be a Super Bowl rematch. Um, I hate that term, but sure. Uh, Falcons facing New England Patriots. Um, let's start with the Seattle game. Who do you think is going to take the victory and why? Uh, mm, Seahawks. <laughs> but, then, but the thing is, though, it's, it's weird. The Seahawks are so hit and miss at the moment. Um, no offence, Liz. I just <laughs> don't know what you're going to get from them from week in, week out. And part of the problem is, is how bad are the offensive line going to be? You know, if they're going to be mediocre, then they should be okay. If they're going to be, yeah. what well, they're like, bad, then we're certainly going to be running around trying to get anything going. Um, and after the Giants win last week, you're now thinking, well, the Giants can clearly win without wide receivers and players, basically. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's another thing. Just go back to our last point. You know, not 
the Giants, who just a bit terrible all season, going in and playing the Broncos, who are supposed to be one of the better teams in the NFL, in their in their home, you know, and the Broncos just can't get anything going at all. You know, and the Giants sort of do enough and look quite nice, but sort of run against this supposedly really good Dolphin uh, Broncos run game, a uh, run defense. Um, sorry, I'm just buttoning. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Um, yeah, so I think no. Back to our earlier topic, you just don't know who's going to win anymore because at any moment a team can come out lay a complete egg, and you're like, okay, did not see that coming. So I'm gonna go Seahawks because logic says that the Giants won't win another game with no wide receivers. And all the turmoil under Ben McAdoo and this whole thing with DRC and Eli Apple. But if the Giants, you know, shut out to the Seahawks and win comfortably, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd just go, yep, that's NFL for you in 2017. Is this the first time Seahawks have been back to MetLife since they won the Super Bowl? Or have they played the Jets in MetLife? I don't think they have. Actually, they might have played them last season. It's quite a long time ago. Yeah, they probably have, haven't they? Um, um, I, I mean, this is offensive line ball. This is, isn't it? This is like, <laughs> which, which offensive line is going to be worst? Um, obviously, Russell Wilson's better at getting out of those problems than Eli Manning is. Um, I, I think this is where, the, I think this is where the Steelers start going through the gears a little bit. And it, they, they just need to get a consistent running game going. They just, if they can just start to get some running game, I think everything starts to fall into place more. You know, Wilson then got that double run threat every play. You know, he was he was looking really good. Baldwin and him were really syncing up well against the Rams um, in their last game. The defense has looked a bit mixed so far, although Sheldon Richardson showed up finally against the Rams. Um, and I know it's, it's West West Coast going to East, isn't it? This, this is sort of like the way. This is like the toughest way round, isn't it? Flying from the West Coast to the East Coast, but it is. A late afternoon game, so not as bad. Um, but I think I think the Seahawks, I think the Seahawks can win quite comfortably um, in this game. I've just just realised that the, the Twickenham game is is um, Amazon Prime All or Nothing Bowl, isn't it? Cardinals Rams the last two. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So sort of, people sort of feel quite familiar with those two teams in a way, don't they? So. Yeah, well, to be honest, it was through All or Nothing that I came to like Cardinals, just because you. I kind of feel with that show and with Hard Knocks, you sort of learn more about the players' personalities and you come to like those individuals. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do kind of like that for that. And I do like Cardinals because of that exact reason. Rams I'm not so bothered about, but it's because I couldn't really watch it. <laughs> I don't know. I think the Rams are a lot more enjoyable to watch this season. Um they're impressive yeah, McFay's, this McFay's got something going a bit on offense. So a, lot, a, lot it goes through, a lot of it goes through Gurley, but... There is some interesting passing concepts in there as well, and he threw he threw, he threw nearly three hundred, um, got three nearly three hundred yards against the Seahawks. Um, didn't really have the points to show to show it, but yeah, I think the, the Rams the Rams are quite a good fun watch. They're not they're not like the Jeff Fisher years by any means. Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, and then finally, Falcons Patriots. Do you think the Falcons will get the win that they should have got in February, or do you think it's going to be a bad second half again? Yeah. Yeah, I think especially the Falcons coming off last week, and I think again, I think this, for the Patriots starts to kick on. And it's, it's all about for the, for the Patriots. It's all about November, December, isn't it? Normally, that's when they're unstoppable. And it's a bit, it's a bit early for that, but and, and, and nothing, nothing's convinced me yet watching the Patriots. But it doesn't really need to. They're just sort of finding their way, and the defense has looked a bit better the last two games than it did do at the start of the season. Um, it's in Foxborough. I, I, I don't really, and, and and another thing, it feels like the, the Falcons' offense uh, at the start of the season, you know, they they sort of they sort of rode the Carl Shanahan thing sort of through, but it almost feels like they're sort of tailing off like now in the middle of the season from 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 their offense offensive sort of explosive way of playing last year, um, and yeah, I think I think I think that that Patriots defense is going to start to get better and better. Especially the secondary, um, so um, uh, I think it's going to be. I think it'll be a Patriots win, maybe a Patriots win comfortably. Yeah, I think a Patriots win. Um, from watching the Falcons on Sunday, they just 
hit a brick wall and I'm not just saying this as a Dolphins fan, but that Dolphins defensive line was so dominant in the second half. Um, the pressure that Sue and Wake were getting was an absolute joke. Now, obviously, the Patriots don't have that much of a pass rush, but if they can get one going, you can get the Falcons. And I know there'll be so much talk about the Falcons saying, you know, we put Super behind us, etc., etc. But you can't. Once you're, once you're playing the Patriots and you're seeing them in front of you, you know, you will be thinking oh, crap, you know, we blew a massive lead. And yeah. I can't... Yeah, I think once that gets into their head, it's going to be difficult. And I think they'll try and overcompensate and, you know, maybe run the ball a bit more because they didn't run it enough in the Super Bowl. Or Matt Ryan might try and show that he can beat the Patriots and start throwing picks for fun. So I'm going to go over Patriots win. The Patriots really dominated the Falcons in the Super Bowl as well. In, in, in the first half, they they out... out, out out-yarded them, didn't outscore them, but, you know, they were moving the ball at ease. Um, so it's, it's sort of the, the score and the way the whole scoring went was a little bit... Um, sort of slight, slight light gave a, false, gave a sort of false impression to actually how that game flowed. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I think it's the Patriots. Yeah, Definitely. I think I'd, I'd actually have to agree. I would love to see Falcons win it, but, yeah, like you say, Patriots just seem to get this and always seem to get the victory and maybe they shouldn't have it. <laughs> I yeah, just hate so, it. So, yeah, so let's talk about the Jets Patriots <laughs> from last week. Because but but a lot of people are t- a lot of people are, you know, that the uh, the the touchdown that was then ruled, you know, by, by Sterling Jenkins, you know, um, a t- a touchdown that was then ruled a touch touchback because he'd lost control of it. Um now I think it was it was a harsh call. It was it was a really harsh call at the time, but there's loads of people now talking about Oh, the competitions committee, they'll just need to change the touchback rule. It, it's, it's too it's, it's too unfair that you fumble it through the end zone and it goes to the other team. Yeah. And, and this just winds me up again because it's just another thing where people will see a slight disadvantage for an offence. Like A rule doesn't go for the offence. It's like, kill it! Let's, let's, let's change the rules. Give it to the <laughs> offence back on the one-yard line if they fumble it through the end zone. It's like, can the defence not just have one rule that slightly favours them? You know, and... Um, and, and every time this happens, you know, Mike Florio and Pro Football Talks like right in there going, the worst rule of the NFL's reared its head again. And it's like, it's not the worst rule. It's, it's, it's sort of what happens in territorial sports. You know, if I kick the ball out of play for a goal kick, I don't expect, I don't, I don't go, it should really be a corner. I'll just get a corner. <laughs> you know, that's just like part of, you know, kick the ball out. You kick it beyond the, the, the goal line or whatever. It's a touchback. And, and rugby's the same. It's a kick out from the halfway line, I think. Yeah. yeah well, basketball's the same. I don't. I don't get to keep the ball because so I've lost control of it. It's, it's gone behind um, the goal line or the, the, the basket, whatever it's called. Um, yeah. So that's what winds me up because it winds me up especially because no one's talking about Jamal Adams getting an unfair personal, sorry, pass interference call against him in that yeah. game. You know, which brought the which 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 brought the, you know it was fourteen nil at the time, and it brought the Patriots to the one yard line. It's like, oh well. What are you going to do? Yeah, bad, bad pass interference calls again. But this this rule that happens twice, three times a season, change it, change it. You know, it's, it's weird how we're putting up with pass interference. It's just the worst rule because it's so badly enforced and so you know inconsistently enforced. And yet, and yet, people jump up and down because the touchback rule feels like it's a bit unfair for the offense. Even though you know you can have great plays like Earl Thomas when he knocked the ball out of Curly's hand two weeks ago right by the goal line, you know, and then it was a touchback and the Seahawks got the ball back. You know, it, it can it can bring about great defensive play. Anyway, another rant over that side. <laughs> no, it's fine. Well, I, I have more breaking news. <laughs> Whoa, this is like, oh, this is like a breaking news show. What is it now? Um, This is bad news for Seahawks fans. No. Um, Cliff Averill is going on IR. Um, but Rappaport says that he's might retire. Um, no. So. Wow. Yeah. Pete Carroll says he's seen, he's seen a bunch of doctors, seriously looking at a big decision, and Rappaport says he's way in retirement. Kadeem, are you just, are you just scrolling through Twitter when I'm, when I'm ranting? Are you yeah, just no. like bored, like, like <laughs> turn my ears off, this is boring, and scroll through to, oh, more breaking news. Yeah. Nope, <laughs> not, not at Luck's all. still got his torch shot. I'm not, <laughs> well, as mentioned off 
Yeah, as a United fan, we are playing right now, and I'm not watching it. So <laughs> I'm making sure United have a good. Have, you know, it's, it's still one of United minutes left, and as I'm looking at, at the United score, I'm like, oh, it's some NFL news as well. Oh, look, NFL podcast. I might as well break it. So <laughs> perfect. Well done. Well, we appreciate but, your multitasking yeah. and the fact you're missing a United game right now. <laughs> well, are you are, are you going to Twickenham? Are you going to Twickenham for work or for pleasure, kidding? I don't do NFL games for work because. Nice. No, because I kind of want to go there and just drink all day and enjoy myself. The only one I was going to do for work was the Dolphins one, but Ugh. that would have been too um, <laughs> painful. See Kiko Alonso. So did you? Um, did you? Did you go to Twickenham last year? Yes, I did. Yeah. Oh, that was a bad time. Right before the game, that 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 sort of the pre-game stuff was just so bad. I mean, I had my four-year-old with me. It was just me and my four-year-old, but um. It was just so cramped and stuff, you know, and the, the, the lines for the food was a nightmare. You know, they, they, brought, they brought in like gourmet, you know, you used to just get burger vans, but now you get like gourmet burgers, gourmet, you know, this and stuff. The problem it's is, so it expensive. takes five minutes. Also, it's so expensive, and it takes five minutes for one person to get served. So you end up yeah. with these massive queues around the stadium, sort of like like a, a, a different angle to where everyone's trying to walk around to their um, block in the stadium. It was just, just, a, just creates a complete nightmare, so... Apparently they've made it bigger and better this year, but oh, we will see. <laughs> I can't swear, but go away. There's no way it's going to be bigger and better. You can't really make it bigger around Twickenham. It's sort of like yeah, exactly. space is all it is. <laughs> yeah, you can't knock that. You can't move a house. Say, can we move your house for you know this weekend? It's oh, I'm because it's a six o'clock kickoff. I'm going to probably eat before I leave and then just like snack, snack while yeah, I'm down drink, there. Drink, drink, yeah, liquid, oh, liquid yeah. dinner. One hundred percent. And nice. also, I'm off for the week because Monday is my birthday, so Yay. I am going to get so drunk. It's going to be wow. so much fun. How old are you going to be? To make, to, make me, to make me feel sad. How old are you going to be? How old do you think I'm going to be? 28. Oh, great shout, young woman. 28 yeah. on Monday. Yeah, people tell me their age, I remember. <laughs> 28 on Monday. Well, happy birthday for Monday. Yeah, happy birthday. I hope, I, hope, I hope the Jets give you a New York win. Sunday celebrate. <laughs> Why would you do that for? Like it's going so well. Why would you go there? Yeah. Yeah. It might happen. It might not. Everyone's mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Won't mean anything. Everyone be eight and eight. I'll take a Kiko Alonso pick six to win the game. Yeah, it could happen. Right. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. Um, thanks to those who tuned in. Please do share any comments or feedback with us on Twitter at 99yards. A huge thank you to Jono and Kadeem again for joining me and discussing the latest of the game. Thanks for listening. Under NASA's Artemis program, Dynetics and Lidos will develop and build a new human landing system, advancing economic opportunities and paving the way for a sustained lunar economy. Learn more at DyneticsHLS.com. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can drive change or build an empire. Because old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. This new year, we need a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's still ours to win. Start different at GoDaddy.com.